Welcome to 2020. This is Pop Cannon. My name is Jordan. I'm Robert. I'm Andrew. And I am a new Brian for a new year. Oh, well, that's a new year, new you, Brian. So, guys, what are we talking about today in episode 31? HBO's Watchmen. The American superhero drama. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Watchmen created by Damon Lindelof for tv here on hbo um and what a friggin show guys dudes um yeah this this show is amazing yeah there's a lot to break down and digest here um right off the top first thoughts first impressions i'll uh, just say i think it's one of the ballsiest shows uh i've seen in a long time um it had genuine surprises that you know that i didn't see coming up until like right before they hit but Mm -hmm. even so when they hit they were great fucking twists um i think for hbo who is was you know really hoping to have something to fill the game of thrones void you know game of thrones being arguably one of the best shows in history of television we've got another show that is now with one season down going to be vying for one of the best shows in television history and I, I sincerely hope it just sticks to one season. Hmm. I think it was perfectly self-contained, and I I don't really think it needs more, personally. I don't really know where they could go with it. Um, oh, they could go in a lot of directions with it. No, I mean, I, yeah. I, I kind of echo Andrew's sentiment in that I think this season was so well done that to continue it would be a disservice to this, just the idea of what they accomplished with this. Um, you said self-contained. I, th- I don't know that there were many loose ends that they didn't tie up um, or eradicate entirely. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I, I, th- I thought it was one of the most perfectly executed seasons of television I've ever seen. The way I've just got to echo that sentiment yeah. um, myself because uh, just from a sheer technical standpoint, it's just astounding. The the way that they set this season up, they wound things so tightly mm-hmm. um, just to friggin' let loose. And boy, oh boy, did they not hold back. And Brian, like you said, the balls mm-hmm. to pull off a show like this and get away with certain things. Right. Um, they they took their big blue penis and put it on the yeah. table. Um, and all we did was go, wow. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I want to say a couple, uh, just a couple things real quick. So, uh, uh, Andrew and Rob, off of what you were saying, like I agree that if they just stick with it as a single season, because it is a nine-episode miniseries that they had just put it out as, um, so they could just not do another season, and it would be fine. Um, I, I think they're going to, because I think it got... I think it did better with critics than they thought it would uh, because it's such a genre show. It's a, it's a comic book show basically Um, without having specific source material to adapt there. It's a sequel. Um, But still, I think, I think they're going to try and do a second season. And I think that if Lindelof is running it again, like he ran this first season, I think it's going to be just as good. Um, I have, I have a lot of faith in Lindelof with this show at least. Um, yeah, for me, it just answered all the questions that needed to be answered. Well, and to it, do another season would just be basing it off of what they did this in this run, and that's for me. I don't necessarily, I don't need it, you know. And 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 for you, that that's great if it answered all the questions. For me, there are a lot of questions that are still left unanswered. There are characters that we did not see at all. So the biggest character that we didn't see was Dan Dryberg, uh, aka Night Owl Two, who was one of the main characters of. Watchmen, the graphic novel. Um, we saw his actual airship in Karnak that then, you know, Lori Blake, uh, once she took Ozymandias into custody with um, Wade Tillman, that they would then take that back, presumably back to, you know, I don't know, at the FBI headquarters or something, but Archie. Or maybe New York. Yeah, Archie, exactly. Um, so we saw his airship. Um, we saw that the Tulsa police had actually taken that 
that design and used it. That was in the first episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was conspicuously absent. He was referenced. Um, he's evidently in prison. Uh, and just a quick thing for anyone who who is watching, still watching it or making way through it or wants to watch it, uh, HBO, they put a lot of supplemental material out in the what's called the PDpedia um, online. It's uh, one of the characters, PD, uh, Agent PD of the FBI. Um, he was, you know, in-universe putting stuff online. Uh, so there's a lot of stuff in there. And evidently what happened with Dan's character is that he and Lori after they had already given up being super or being uh, be, given up being heroes, they stopped in the Watchmen universe. They stopped Timothy McVeigh from blowing up the oh, shit. Um, the federal <laughs> building in Oklahoma. Um, and even though they did that, they they still broke the law by being costume adventurers by doing that or vigilantes. Uh, and so Lori took a plea deal, went into the FBI. Dan refused to take the plea deal. He's in prison. So wow. yeah, I love so I love that, the alternate history. Yeah, stuff, dude. That's one of my favorite things about this show is just they set up so much stuff in the world in just nine episodes. Yeah, yeah. And then they set up stuff that you could explore, such as that, like Brian was just saying. But like, just the fact that they're so technologically advanced in certain areas, but then they don't have cell phones. Yeah. They right. paid your and that like <laughs> the cops need access to like unlock their guns and everything. Right. It's fan. It's just, I want to explore that. And that's why I think I want a second season out of this because I just want to explore the world. I don't necessarily think it needs to be so laser focused on someone like Angela, um, but just take like let's let's live in that world again. It was it was also yeah. cool seeing because that was still an extension of the comic, where when Doctor Manhattan first came around, there was this incredible boom in technology. So it would make sense that even though it's set in present day, technology would be years and or decades ahead of where it would be now. So I like that kind of little tie-in that it still had the flavor of the comic in there. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and to anyone who hasn't read the actual the graphic novel, highly recommend it. Um, the the show, you know, oh, th- that's what I was gonna say. Sorry, yeah. So when 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 this show was announced, no one really knew what it was gonna be. They weren't coming out and saying if it was gonna be a sequel to the movie, a sequel to the comics, its own thing. Um, as it got closer, Lindelof was saying like, oh, it's its own thing. But then, after I think it's the third episode. Lori referred to the fact that Ozymandias dropped a squid in New York, mm-hmm. and then we knew it was an outright sequel. Then it took, or that at least at least it took. It's going to reference the comic a lot, which I, I do see it as a as a as a sequel, yeah, um, to the comic. But I highly recommend reading it. It's it's a seminal work, uh, and you know, Jordan, what you were saying about the alternate history that the comic has all that stuff. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, there's so much alternate history in that. It's so great, and uh, not to disappoint anyone. Alan Moore announced that he didn't like the show. So. Did did he really? call it rubbish? Uh, probably. <laughs> yeah, because he calls everything rubbish. Everything everything that he didn't do <laughs> is rubbish. <laughs> so you know, and that's why I think in the credits it only mentioned the uh, right. artist, well, yeah, Dave Gibbons, based on the comic illustrated by Dave Gibbons. Same, it's yeah. the yeah. same thing. For Which the is a hilarious way to you be know, like, "Fuck you, Alan Moore." The really yeah. the really fucked up thing is is. You know, I can I can get him kind of calling V for Vendetta rubbish. I liked the movie, but I know it departs from the comic a lot. Really, the 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 movie adaptation by Zack Snyder of Watchmen only departs in one major way, which is the, not the squid being used to destroy New York, but using little Doctor Manhattan or using big Doctor Manhattan bombs to hit different cities on Earth. But it's essentially like one of the yeah. most slavish ap- adaptation. Like Zack Snyder went out of his way to make like to make pains of that comic come to life on screen. Mm. Uh, it's, I love the, I love that adaptation and he still called it rubbish. So, you know what, Alan Moore, thank you for giving us Watchmen, but also fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I can't necessarily argue with that, but I also was going to say, because the movie is so close to the book, mm-hmm. if you didn't necessarily want to sit down and read the graphic novel, you could just lead in with the movie and have a general idea of what everything is. You could. Yeah. They changed a few things. They did yeah, change a no, few things. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it's not like... And th- that would just be... Uh, you'd have to 
precursor the film or precursor the show after the film with okay so that's based on the same source material that this is based on right but they're not necessarily linked together so in watching the film prior to the show um i i think like it really connected a lot of the dots Mm -hmm. for the most part for the people who haven't read the novel okay um you know, like, take take everything with a grain of salt, just kind of that, you know, like, okay, let me watch this show and now look for the differences from the movie. Right. Like, what's different here? Oh, okay, well, the characters look very similar. Yeah. You know, like, because that's just the source material it was based on. I don't think it was that much of a jump. Like you said, it was pretty much just the squid thing. Yeah. I thought that a really cool touch during the show. Um, so the graphic novel has the, the tales of the black freighter happening, like mm-hmm. sh- showing up during the, uh, the course of the graphic novel. Uh, and, and you see in, in the show Watchmen that we see American, uh, hero story, uh, mm-hmm. being aired. And I thought that how that was really interesting that that kind of paralleled that in a little bit for me, yeah. but also that the actual, the the cinematography of the American hero story was very much like the Zack Snyder way of direction. Like there was yep. a lot of the, I just, I thought that was really cool. A lot of this, the, the slow down and, and, and then back to normal speed. Um, just the, his, like the tones he uses and yeah. the way he focused, like, like they really aped the Zack Snyder way for just those segments, which I thought was a really cool touch for the show within the show. The colors yes. were so saturated. Yes, yes, saturated. Thank you, dude. His fucking mask was like purple. It was yeah. the most purple you know? thing I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I thought that was really cool that they basically adopted the Zack Snyder style for the in-universe TV show. Yeah. And I was like, oh, it's like American Horror Story, exactly. But yeah. it's based on the heroes of yesteryear. <laughs> And it was ultra violent that show, Fuck yeah. <laughs> and super graphic in other ways. Um, <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> but as soon as they started setting that up, I was like, "Holy shit, that's her grandfather!" I like yeah. kind of figured it out prior to, but it wasn't one of those things where I was like, "This is super predictable." Yeah, it was like I have a hunch. Oh, oh, okay, I was right because they laid the breadcrumbs correctly, yeah, right. and I, I figured it out. Yeah, I, I'll say more than any other <clears throat> project that Damon, Damon Lindelof has been done, and that does include Lost, as much as I love Lost, this season of television, like, the, the mystery they laid out was just really intriguing, and I wouldn't say necessarily easy to follow, but, it, like, it wasn't so convoluted that you're like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. Like... Oh, I had no idea what was happening for the first four episodes. Yeah, I was going to say, I think it was like through episode four, it was just like a blissful, this is fun. Yeah. But, <laughs> but I'm not entirely sure what's happening. Um, but it yeah, wasn't that's, in a that's negative way. Yeah, yeah it's, it definitely wasn't in a negative way. You're just like, how is this all going to fall together? <laughs> God damn it, they did it. Oh my God. Did Dude, everything it? fit together so well. The way that they just like integrated everything and then wound all of the separate story threads together was it's just masterful storytelling if i were like a a teacher in like literature or fiction or anything like that like this would be something i would have my students watch like this is a way to tell a masterful story i mean obviously the the first episode is just so fucking good and like right out of the gate the the hook for the show with what happened in in Tulsa yeah um mm, yeah. was unbelievable yeah and just like powerful visually because they didn't cut away from certain things you know they let you like live there it was very there was a lot in the show that was difficult to watch yes and yes they just drop um, you right in the fucking middle of it like but literally by the end of the first episode um it was like the camera work and the decisions with the shots were just so artsy and following up the tree 
and then down the noose mm. to reveal him and then following him all the way down his body to look at the sheriff badge in the grass and then really slow creep in tight on the sheriff badge and then the drip of blood yeah and i was like if you enjoyed the graphic novel mm-hmm. or the film and watched that episode and went i don't know <laughs> what the fuck You're is fucking wrong with wrong. you yeah <laughs> how could you yeah like like the hook mm-hmm. for the episode is so strong and then every you get introduced to everybody and it's all very interesting but it's not necessarily laid out in a way that you necessarily understand and then you get to yeah. that end before the credits i don't know how you don't like they did the thing the fucking blood splatter yeah. on the thing yeah the the little callbacks and bits of fan service were done so well yeah cuz they fit within the you know like it just it just made sense yeah I'll go. I'll get one better, Andrew. I don't even see it as fan service. I mean, you, you, you. I technically you could. You could say like mm. when Lori is telling her joke to the in the Doctor Manhattan booth, and she ends it with you know uh, drum roll curtains. Like that's that's what Rorschach says about yeah. the 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 Pagliacci joke. Um, I, I don't see it as fan service though. I just see it as just you know it's possible that maybe Rorschach even told her that, and so she just you know said that herself. You know, as another way to pass along a joke to another. Uh, hero, you know, I, yeah. I just, I didn't see really anything that was fan service. I just saw it all as, as just being within the universe. Yeah. Um, the music was fucking like every decision musically was just amazing. Oh, yeah. They got Trent Reznor and I can't remember who the other guy is to Atticus. do the. Okay. Uh, Atticus Ross. Okay, and the so the score was fucking like spot on it's weird dude it was so dark and ominous uh-huh. absolutely it felt and like i was watching a David, yeah i felt like i was watching a david fincher movie um which is <laughs> <Yeah>. good <laughs> um and then yeah and then and then all the licensed music too oh yeah um all the just all the all the random songs that were used and then just especially the old songs like from the 30s and 40s during episode six um, which oh, was we're going to talk the, about episode six. Oh yeah, no, we yeah we're, oh, we are definitely. Um, but you know, the flashback episode, uh, just all those were were just just used wonderfully. It just I loved it. Was I the only one that as soon as they started playing the Ink Spots, did you think of Fallout? Do you remember they used that song in the commercial? Anyone? I don't remember. Oh, what, what uh, remember yeah, I remember that. I remember but, that. Um, um, but yeah, the music. The I don't want to set the world on oh, fire. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Because I know I had heard that somewhere before, and I couldn't remember where. So it's a that is it's from that Fallout commercial. Yeah, but all right, right I've, on. I've definitely like almost each episode I've had to Shazam a song and then go and download mm-hmm. it because it was like, oh fuck, what is this? Um, in episode mm-hmm. in episode five, which was the Looking Glass episode, which was oh. Again, oh. Yeah, oh. Uh, they kept using different versions of Careless Whisper, which I thought was yep. fucking great. Yeah, that was so yep. great. There was a point. I think it was the very end of that episode. <clears throat> where it was like a it was like a slow version where it was just more of a vocal yeah and i like was hearing the lyrics and i was like is this also careless whisper <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like there yeah. was a moment where i was like what is this song and then i like listened again and i was like never gonna dance wait a minute it's uh, still yeah. playing that <laughs> it's a great subtle way to keep informing the audience of the the psychological and psychic damage that not only Wade endured yeah. but ever, anyone else who survived the the quote unquote attack 11 11 2 I think they were 11 2 yes yeah. thank you yeah um it's just a really subtle way that that's always there just in different forms but it's still just there yeah just so just imagine being a filmmaker and making episode five and then following it yeah with episode six (laughs) i don't know that there's ever been two episodes back to back of something that just fucking hit it out of the park yeah because for me episode five was my favorite episode until episode six happened right right (laughs) i was like that was incredible credits skip intro here we are and i was like jesus christ (laughs) (laughs) And I love uh, episode six. This extraordinary being. Yeah. 
great titles for all the episodes too and i, and I really like i like the way that they uh they incorporated the titles into the background yeah oh my god very that was cool. so fucking yeah. cool so that's a uh, callback to Fringe, I think. Oh, yeah, it? a little bit. Because Fringe, Fringe would do that. Yeah, that was really uh, that was a nice little touch of polish to the to the whole thing. I like that a lot. There's just so much, yeah. but like, why, let's just, uh, I guess, let's go favorite characters, and then we'll get into episodes. <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> <laughs> fuck. Um, I mean, I'll lead, I'll lead off favorite characters. Angela was fucking awesome. Hell yeah! yeah. In in yeah. absolutely every way. She was awesome, but I don't think she was my favorite character. I think my favorite character was Looking Glass. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I had so much fun trying to figure out who that guy was and what happened to him, and then we finally get that episode where you just figure out everything that happened to him. Amazing. Severe PTSD. Such amazing character work. And then you felt like you knew that guy for the rest of the show. Mm -hmm. Right, right. And I love that they did that in a way that didn't slow down momentum, didn't kill what they were setting up for the show in terms of like plot and story because you got what you needed to know for that guy and then how his brain was working. Because up to that point, you don't know exactly why he does what he does. He's just kind of fucking weird. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then you get why his brain works the way it does and you're like, oh, like, shit. Like, like Angela says, he's a cold motherfucker. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And then specifically when those those five um, Seventh Cavalry guys are are going to come kill him, <laughs> and you're like, holy shit, because he's not necessarily in a headspace to do it. You know what I mean? Like he's kind of when he arrives home, he's kind of like freaking out, and yeah. he's in sort of like a almost like a panic attack. I guess you. Could I say. thought he was dead at, yeah. at that point. Honestly, I thought they were going to kill exactly, him too. Exactly because yeah. they they make you feel like he's not. He's not right at right. that moment. Like, he's if a, he were yeah. sitting on his couch and that happened, he'd be ready. Right. But he had so much happen leading up to that that he was frazzled. So you don't yeah. think he's going to survive His it. entire life came, like, unraveled when he yeah. was captured he's, by white supremacists. And <laughs> Dude, after the, the next day after that, when 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 he basically turns Angela in, he, he starts his conversation with her, just like, is anything true? And I was like, oh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's rough. <laughs> His Oof. entire worldview got is turned upside down. Anything, not not you know, just is anything true? God damn, that's rough. That's heavy <laughs> shit, man. Um, I so so my I think Looking Glass was going to be my favorite character, but then we got in the last episode uh, a lot about Lady True, and yeah. she's so I want to say first, like I, I'm handicapping all of the original characters out because they're all great. Doctor yeah. Manhattan, Ozymandias, Laurie—they're all great characters. Um, but out of the new characters, Lady True is my favorite. She's fascinating, uh, and fucking terrifying. I, uh, yeah, absolutely, <laughs> because she's got Ozymandias's you know smarts, maybe even a little bit smarter than him, and uh, even more ruthless. It looks like um, I, you know, and. I can't remember the actress's name, but she she was so great in that uh, role. Hong Chao, so great in that role. Okay, if I'm pronouncing yeah, that correctly. she was she was really good. Yeah, yeah. she was. Yeah, and, and that, when she first burst in through the the room of the that couple, yes, and she was like, "I want to buy your house and the land, <laughs> and the land." That <laughs> and you're gonna give it to me. It. Also, and here's you got, your baby. You got three minutes. Yeah, you got three minutes to decide. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah, I'm right going to kill this baby. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm not going to do that, but you should sign this paper. <laughs> but, no, but I will give it to another family, and you'll never see him again, which yeah. is even like more more uh torturous than just saying i'm gonna kill the baby yeah um Fuck, yeah no i i thought that I thought she was an amazing character, and i I did not see the um I did not see the turn with her coming, uh but I appreciated that 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 she had an, a a villainous turn. Yeah, I think my favorite character was Will Reeves. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, just that whole story, his whole flashback episode, but the like the fact that Rob said they used that within the narrative to explain the flashbacks and made it all make sense. Like I love that they came up with like the nostalgia, the nostalgia. <laughs> like. What a concept. Yeah. And then the way that it tied into Angela learning all about her grandfather and his experiences and getting to feel what he felt 
in those situations. That whole episode blew my fucking mind. Yeah, I told you, dude. <laughs> it it might have been um like my favorite hour of television that I've watched in a very long time. Yeah, I don't think that anyone here disagrees. I I mean, that was the first thing I like. Well, as soon as the credits rolled an episode, I was like. I don't even know what to think anymore. Yeah. So pulling back the curtain just a little bit here, um, I watched the show live as it aired. I wanted to, to tell you guys how amazing it was without giving almost any spoilers. Uh, so basically just the accolades that I was dropping after every episode was like, this fucking show. This yeah. fucking show. Just, my God, this fucking show. God damn it. Like, so that's, you know, now you know. Um <laughs> Uh, and especially after episode six, I was just like, oh, my God, this show is on another fucking level. Yeah. But, Andrew, uh, who's your favorite character? That's also a tough question because I loved Hooded Justice. I really like Sister Knight, uh, Angela, because, yeah. I mean, she had a fucking rough go of things, man. Dude. Fuck. <laughs> Her yeah. fucking story is unbelievable. But Jesus just, Christ. Just kept coming back and she had like she just seemed fucking over it but was still just like uh, all right let me just keep fucking saving the day and i'm gonna keep finding out all this shit oh okay cool that you're my grandfather great hooded justice cool let's do it i don't know i just <laughs> like her. Oh, oh great my 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 cat uh, my chief uh who you know i i thought i had yeah. this pact with was a world-class racist okay yeah. awesome fuck's sake um, it was his pappies. Yeah. Oh uh, no. Was my, uh, yeah. No. He he was still a, a world class racist. He it was belonged seven to my father. It's my legacy. <laughs> I have a right to celebrate it. <laughs> well, then why would you keep it hidden in a closet? Uh, <laughs> yeah. All right. Look. Doesn't not to not to diverge too hard, but doesn't that sound like people who fly the Confederate flag? Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and we finally found out how he. Uh, how Hooded Justice, a hundred and some year old man, managed to hang a man single handedly by yeah. making him yeah. fucking do it himself. Yeah, <laughs> through white supremacy, which is such mind a control. way more of a brutal, way more brutal than I anticipated it being. That's how much of a baller I am. I got a guy to hang himself, but just the way he went about it. I love it. the idea. I love the idea that he um took those books from. Um, Cyclops. Yeah, and and studied them. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, <laughs> and I'll learned use this how to do against it against them someday. And I like that. The like that's that's one of the coolest things about it to me is that like he didn't just take their stuff to make them like not have stuff. He took their stuff and learned their ways. Yeah. <laughs> and it was just at the the end of episode six when he like he goes to the Minutemen. And he's like, yeah, hey, I'm Hooded Justice. There's all this horrible shit going on. And then Captain Tropis is like, well, there's also this. He's a villain. Moloch. Yeah. <laughs> and he's going to harness solar energy yeah. to harm people. But here, yeah. let's go to a bank. Yeah. And it was a fucking racist-ass picture. Do you see that? <laughs> yeah. It was Dollar Bill holding... Uh -huh. Yeah, like, what the... <laughs> Hooded Justice is like, <laughs> fuck, what? Yeah. Uh, the world, yeah, but also, also one of the coolest things about Hooded Justice, the character in Episode Six, is uh, the fact that he paints his eyes with a with a light yeah. foundation, yeah, to look like a white person underneath the mask, which to me is like like there's obviously the racial level to it, which makes sense for the story, but it also it it's gotta be in some way a backhanded like every superhero that wears a mask paints his eyes black right yeah yeah so yeah. like he he does the opposite it's a reversal of that yeah right which is just like for me that's just, i love i love the first part of it because like obviously the reversal of the racism and stuff like all of that is like is apparent in the show and there's there's no escaping that and it's a really good storytelling device but like on the superhero level yeah like that's such a cool thing that they were like oh yeah all those superheroes paint their eyes black and put on a black mask this guy puts on a black mask but he doesn't want to see it's fucking great yeah. i yeah. love that 
because he actually wanted to help people. Well, and then right. and then you know Angela herself, mm-hmm. she is paints black. The same spot on her face, yeah. right? But she she is black, and then she paints her eyes even blacker. Right. Uh, yeah. So it's it's interesting. So maybe while she's kicking someone's ass, they'll be like, "I couldn't tell." Right. <laughs> you know, because you wouldn't be able to with that color. Yeah, the, like the, yeah, it was like jet black with her face, and yeah. Also, her yeah. fucking her costume was awesome. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. based on Dude, like and the... Regina King can kick some ass. Hell yeah! Good yeah. lord, she was, she was so super good. believable throughout the entire series, except for one particular episode, in my opinion. But we'll get to it. Okay. When we when we talk our our negatives, but okay. let's keep praising the show because it's so good. Um, what did we all think when Dr. Manhattan actually showed up? I wanted to see his fucking face. Yeah. Yeah, I was very worried that they wouldn't do like the glowing white eyes and everything, but I'm, I'm really glad that we got that. Yeah. The whole sequence of him and Angela having a drink was fucking phenomenal. Yeah. And like the him, way that they set that up, yeah. And the way him trying to explain how he perceives time, and we're jumping back and forth. Well, I just it was fucking awesome. God, yeah. I loved. I loved. A that. god walks into a bar. Yeah. Yes, because yeah. we're. La- oh my god. Uh, so that was for me knowing that they were going to have Doctor Manhattan in the show after I, I guess after uh, episode seven. Um, I was very anxious about that because I absolutely love Billy Crudup as as um, Doctor Manhattan in uh, Watchmen, too. the film. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I thought he I thought he nailed it. I thought uh, Snyder directed him perfectly. He was just uh, going from comic to the film. That was just a perfect spot on characterization and portrayal. I thought it was great, and so I was like. I know that they're not going to get Billy Crudup for that, but I don't know what they're going to do. And I was really pleased with what with what they did, and I really liked um, the actor's portrayal because <laughs> I can't, I cannot. It's Mr. Mateen, uh, yeah, exactly, <laughs> who played um, who played Cal. He also played Doctor Manhattan. I thought he did a great job as that. His delivery of the lines, bef- like when he's Cal, obviously, because he's just portraying a man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but when he is sitting there and he's the, he is Dr. Manhattan, but we don't see his face, his even tone yeah, in saying everything. And just like he, and like that one point he laughed and she's like, are you la-? like, it, I just, it was so good. Yeah. It was so good. I, that, that scene with them talking was, it was just dialogue. But they did such a fucking good job with the shots that they they back and forth across, you know. Yeah, they kept it interesting while not showing his face. Yeah, which is very tough to do. But very... I wish I wish they did something to his voice because in the movie we had uh, Doctor Manhattan sounding like echoey and like reverby a little bit, and I wish that they kept with that. For this. Like, well, he took him. He was a, he was immortal. No, he, I know. Like, but before that, form. so like when he showed up talking to her, and then like in the later episodes, like where he's just Doctor Manhattan. Like I wish they just added more to his voice. I'm not saying it was bad. Right. I'm saying okay. I wish because when I think Doctor Manhattan, I hear that voice. Well, let's. Um, you know, since you're bringing up some uh, a critique, let's let's get the negative stuff out of the way because honestly, I, I have very little to critique uh, about this uh, this season. Um, so, Jordan, what you said you had you had a, a thing that you wanted to cover. Okay, so um, and this is just a personal thing. I didn't care for Angela in the bar. I didn't care for her dialogue and it their quid pro quo that they did didn't do it for me. Mm. Okay. Um, I think it was shot very well, but I did not buy them as like a couple for that. Like I didn't picture them flirting. I didn't, I, I, I couldn't get past it. Um, much later when 
she was like pleading with him like you should you should have told me that they were going to be here like if you knew blah 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 that's when i bought their relationship mm. okay so like seeing them interact as cal and angela like i be- i believed all of that seeing uh angela interact with dr manhattan towards the end i totally believed that there was a relationship there they had feelings for one another all that the scene in the bar didn't do it for me okay personally but that that literally is my only critique of the show okay andrew rob do you have anything to critique um i don't know if maybe nitpicky things but not not really Nothing that really springs to mind right off the bat. I don't have any. There was there was nothing that happened that I was like, well, I, they should have done that. Like everything for me. I just took the whole thing in. So mine is just a little pet peeve, um, and I don't think it detracts from anything at all. It's just something I wish that film and television uh, directors, producers, that I just wish they they wouldn't do it. Um, and I, it was in the, um, the episode, episode five, the looking glass episode. And then also it was in the final episode, um, where they'll show you little quick snippets from either earlier in the episode, because it means something now, or, you know, it's something that they want you to think about. Um, so it was like, you know, uh, Wade, he was thinking about, you know, his time, from when the squid attack happened in the eighties and so forth. And they showed little bits of that. Like I just, they, I, I hate when they do that cause they don't need to do that because the audience is smarter than they realize. And to me, it always feels like I'm being hit over the head with a bat. Like, Hey, Hey dummy, remember this? Think about that now. Think about that now when we don't need to, it's, it's already there. We just saw it, you know, 45 minutes earlier, you know? So, um, and they did that stuff. They did some of that in the, the final episode as well. I just, it's a pet peeve, but, um, Oh, were they like, so you're saying like when they play a replay, like a quick replay of things while they're talking about them. Exactly. Okay, I got right. you. I got yeah, you. like like it was later in the episode when I guess he um, was, I think he was watching the recording of uh, Adrian, you know, Adrian's recording for, uh, for President Redford. Um, yeah. And as they're playing that, like things are said and then it shows you know him back in being a kid right in the in in 85 on on 11 2 when the squid hit and just like we didn't need that like you know um i, I just... think the way that i view that i think that's more along the lines of that character is thinking of that specific shot that they're showing you and, like and and I, that's I, I just get the way that, that the but, human brain but again, works. But again, we don't need to see that. It can be inferred that they're going to be thinking about that while they're being told about that. So I just, to me, it just comes off as being hit over the head with something. And um, again, it's not, I don't, I, I think the season was fucking great and I don't think that detracts from it all. It's just a pet peeve of mine with with visual fiction in general. Um, so yeah. Um, well, what was everyone's favorite episode then? We did favorite characters. <sighs> episode six. Well, it's it's episode six. Yeah, episode six. Uh, boy, I really don't know. Um, I honestly, I think I have to go with the the the, the finale, the season finale. Um, that you know, us getting the entirety of the Ozymandias, like of of like how he got to Europa and then got off of your of Europa. Uh, seeing Lady True's payoff, like everything being paid off, I think that was that was the best. But again, I I, I was thinking about this earlier today um, because I, I actually watched through the the whole season again over the course of this week. Um, there's not a bad episode. The, all nine episodes are fucking amazing. There's no dip. They all build on. They, they all build on top of each other. They just keep stacking. Um, and yeah, so like episode five up until that point, that was my favorite episode. Then episode six was my favorite episode up until that point. And then episode seven, you know, obviously episode six being done as almost a complete, um, being done in, in the style of, um, uh, was it Birdman? Um, Mm -hmm. or not Bird. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, like as a one shot, you know, kind of, uh, you know, we've never really seen stuff like that in, in a television show, but 
episode seven not being done like that, it automatically you feel like, oh, well, that's not as good an episode. But it really, like, it was good. And so was episode yeah. eight. And episode nine, I think, just being the culmination and um, honestly seeing Joe Keen being turned into a puddle of blood was really, really <laughs> nice for me. I hate racists. So, um. <laughs> uh, just the whole, when she was like, oh, he's in here? <laughs> Let's let him out. <laughs> and we were watching it. Right before she opened it, Michelle was like, oh, yeah, he's goo. <laughs> yeah. Open the door yeah. and he just... Uh. I actually expected him to explode when uh, she opened the door, but it, 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 it had already happened. <laughs> it pops you uh, like yeah. a balloon every time. <laughs> um, yeah, so so my that, that's that's my favorite episode. But again, I, I there's not a bad one. There's not. See how they fly? Yeah. And like in the, the end, they had that cover of uh, I Am the Walrus. Yes. Credits. Uh, Spooky Tooth, I believe, did it. But then the whole end when, well, when it's raining down the, you know, the squids. The squids. The frozen squids. Yeah. Holy fuck. And she just like that was looks at her hand and there's this huge hole in it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? But even the... I don't think I've watched a show since maybe Westworld where I've looked at the TV and just shouted what the yeah. fuck yeah. as much. That's awesome. They need to be 22 degrees exactly. <laughs> I love what they did with, with Ozymandias, how when he was on Europa and there's this whole, like, oh, there's the game warden and you have to do all this stuff and he was just using all of them to bide his time until he could leave. Yeah, hoping not to go insane and failing. Yeah. yeah. He, I think, I, like, I... I just took what he was doing as, like, at first he was content, so he set up all of these, like, um, things that they would do, like, every day. Right. Yeah. With the with the cake, and he's for he's a jolly good fellow and all that. Well, that and wasn't, then, it wasn't every day. Those were just on, on the anniversary. So every, every time we saw that, that was a, uh, a year had passed. Oh, really? Yeah, th- those were his anniversary cakes, because there was a, a candle every time. Because there was one, then two, then three. So that's how they how they marked the passage of, of his time on there. Is every time you saw those cakes, they had uh, uh, another candle added. So that's how many years he was there. I think he was there five years. See, I just took that as it was yeah, happening every single as, day. No, yeah, I took that as it, like a daily thing. It was not. Huh. Yeah, we only when when we saw him with the cakes, those are on his anniversaries. Of him having been huh. there a year. And so, like, over the course of a year, he wrote the play. Over the course of a well, year. Well, I wish that was more clear. So I, I only picked up it on, on I only picked up on it the second time that I watched it. But, yeah, I saw that. I was like, oh, okay. So, because the, the first time they give him the cake, they're like, it's your anniversary. And, well, an anniversary is a year. Is, like, that's literally what the what that is. Yeah, but right? I thought they were just, like, fucking I, weird drones. That <laughs> yeah, I thought they were stuck things. in a loop. No, um... And then you find out they're Adam and Eve. <laughs> yeah. Dr. Manhattan's Adam and Eve, which is... That was also, like, that whole thing was, like, Tales of the Black Freighter. Like, the, the story yeah. within a story. Yeah, a um, little bit. Reading something where... And uh, uh, the fact that he fishes their human fetuses out of the water. <laughs> and he, like, picks the one up and he's like, nah, and throws <laughs> it back. I was like, well, this is severely <laughs> fucked up in the weirdest way. Well, I haven't yeah, seen so something was, like this yet. So yeah, so exactly. <laughs> the scene where they, the scene where he did that, where he he took them and grew them in like a matter of thirty seconds. That that scene, uh, that was I think his fourth anniversary, and on the, on his fourth anniversary, he lost it because yeah, he just completely lost yeah. his fucking mind. I like this. It's yeah. a quote from Lindelof that says, "The scenes that uh scenes that the idea of doing an escape story with Adrian Veet that's more like Wiley e. Coyote and the Roadrunner than it is Escape from Alcatraz." <laughs> Felt too delicious not to do. That's funny. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah, because like he 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 makes the 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 catapult. Yeah. 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 And he's just fucking launching <laughs> them, and you're like, where are they going? Because to that point, you don't know that they're on another planet. Right. And he fucking goes up there himself and arranges them <laughs> into fucking letters because he knows that her satellite is coming yep. to take a photo. So he's yeah. just like, biding his time until she gets there. Yep. It's so fucking good. And, and watching it a second time, in it, like, the horseshoe that he uses, 
the yeah. the clones keep giving it to him prematurely, yes. and that's why he keeps saying, "No, it's too early for this," and you don't get it until the end. But yeah, it, so it was, uh, those scenes were sublimely bizarre, but I loved it. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah, when he when he finally get when like the very first time he's handed the horseshoe. I'm like, what the yeah. fuck? Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, and then as it progresses and then he's finally in like the cell and he gets it and he's like, yes. And he's celebrating and he starts digging with it. And I was like, how did he, what the fuck? <laughs> See, we, we didn't watch that post credit scene. Yeah. I missed oh, that. Didn't? And I had to no. go back. Oh, no. So when we were watching <laughs> the next, like it was like previously on Watchmen, we're sitting there like, yeah. When the fuck did that happen? Oh no! Yeah, no. <laughs> I did the same yeah. thing. I did which the same the thing. Po- wait, which was the post-credit scene? When he gets uh, the scene where he uh, got the horseshoe and started digging. Oh, okay. See, I because don't... that was at the end of the credits of the previous. It was the only episode. one no they. Shit. It was the only one they did all season long. Was a as no a shit. Scene. Okay, I mean, some of the episodes I did just like let the credits play because the song was good. Yeah. 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 So I might have just not even known that that or like ran up, gone to the bathroom, and came back, and another part of it was See, on. I always watch it all the way through because. I want to see the 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 coming up on the next episode. You know, I want to see that. Yeah, the, the yeah. Previews. Yeah. You know? um, now, see, since I binged it, I was like, I'm not gonna worry about that. Enough. I'm just gonna skip to the next episode. Well, maybe this is a lesson that you should watch live. You know, he, he, even binging it, I did kind of watch those anyway, just to see where we were gonna go. Yeah. Not because like they're not gonna put spoilers in it, but like knowing where the episode's gonna like turn out of what we just saw. Right. I kind of watched those, but um, yeah, the Ozymandias stuff was fucking <laughs> Wiley Coyote and the Roadrunner. That's fucking great. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah, fucking great. And he did, and because I was because Michelle had never read the comic, so I'm sitting there telling her like all these things, like oh, you know, Night Owl and Rorschach, they go to his his thing, and he's like, oh, he's fast enough to catch bullets, and I love that, you know, the game warden shot at him, and he still fucking yeah. got it. Yeah, yeah, that was great. And he's just like, was I a word the adversary? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> but there's like but a nice, there's like a nice pause where he's like contemplating after he dies. Like, but you put on a good show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, what was everybody's favorite scene? Oy. Oh, Jesus, fuck! If we had to tighten that scope. <sighs> so, my favorite scene, and it's sort of a twofer. And I kind of alluded to this for Jordan already when we were speaking about it. Um, But in American Hero Story, you have Hooded Justice breaking into the grocery store and fighting everyone in bright, beautiful colors. Right. Um, And then in episode six, where you get the truth about Hooded Justice, he fought his way through the... (laughs) Well, fought his way in and then out. Of a racist grocery store, um, and I just love I love the how they played both of those scenes off of one another. I agree because yeah, it was like a it was like a historical retelling of what they want people to believe happened when he breaks into the glass and fights everybody, but in actuality he fights everybody and then breaks the glass to get the fuck out of there. And that <laughs> and I loved the reversal of that. So those two scenes for me like the first one's good, but it doesn't really mean anything until it means everything. Here's a fun so fact So I love I love that. Here's a fun fact about <clears throat> the the owner of that that, that market. Uh, and I don't take credit for, for noticing this. I, I read it, um, but it is hilarious to me. So we learn that his name is Fred. Uh, that's mm-hmm. the, the, the Cyclops guy um, that Will stops on the street for firebombing the Jewish deli. Um, yes. And we never get his last name, but we do see Fred or FT and Sons. Uh, someone pointed out that in 1938, Fred Trump, the father of Donald Trump, <laughs> oh owned a market in New York. So Holy that's a shit. fun little what? thing there. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Holy fucking shit. So nice little nice little jab there by the uh the creators of the show. That is that's hilarious. fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah it is. <laughs> and then he gets shot in the head. Man, I, it is really hard. Is it's really hard for me to say uh, uh, one scene. I I'll say um 
is kind of also an addendum to favorite episode. I think the first episode was just so fucking good. And yes. and I agree, Rob, that that first scene, you know, everyone knows that you're, you're tuning in for a show called Watchmen and we get um, this kick in the balls watching the 1921 Tulsa massacre happen. And, yeah. and this is the little bit of, of the history major in me. Um, I, I can't help but look into this kind of stuff. I was like, I was Googling that shit immediately. And the funny thing is, I had just read an article maybe a week or two prior about how, like, in our actual reality. So this thing happened. This, this is a real thing that happened across the, both Watchmen and in our real world. The here. attack on Black uh, Wall Street. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Greenwood, I think yeah. it's called. Um, that they just recently uncovered unmarked graves in Tulsa uh, from that, and that so that the the reported death count is probably way higher than just like I think right now the the old white records say like oh yeah like fifty black people were killed and it's probably closer like maybe a few hundred. Jesus. Um, wow. Yeah, it, it's so th- the crazy thing about it is Watchmen brought this to the forefront with this you know this work of pop culture that they've done. And I'm really glad for it because looking into it for decades, almost a hundred years, no one in Tulsa talked about this. Like it got literally buried as well as figuratively buried. Like it was like the worst racial uh, violence in America. And it just got completely just wiped away. It was crazy. So I'm really glad that that Lindelof and and, uh, did he write the first episode as well? Um, I think yeah, so. Yeah, so I'm really glad that they brought that to the forefront because it's just, yeah, it's a did. horrific thing, but people need to know about it, especially with just, you know, looking at how things now are nowadays with racism now on the rise and anti-Semitism on the rise and all that shit. Um, I thought that was really powerful, really well done, and, and necessary. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Will's, Will's mom had a gun. Yeah. And she was about to point it at a guy, and her husband grabbed the muzzle of it and pushed it down. It was like, just go, right? Like it's not. Don't even bring the fucking attention yep, on yourself. Exactly. Just, just get out of here. Because like, if she fires one off, they're all gonna turn around yep. and see them. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, you take out one, but you sacrifice everybody, exactly. as opposed to like, just go. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was fucking nuts. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was gonna be my uh, favorite scene. Up until episode six happened. (laughs) And uh, the scene where Will was attacked by his. uh, Oh, the fucking policeman by his. And they they just they string him up and they cut him down and they were like, next time, you know, we won't cut you down. The the POV of that. Yeah. Yup. Fucking heart wrenching. I was like. I couldn't believe what I was watching. And then for him to put the hood back on and continue walking with the noose, mm. I was like, holy shit. Yeah. I really loved all the stuff with, with Ozymandias and his whole his side story. But I guess the end, when it's all kind of coming together and Dr. Manhattan has been captured by the 7th Cavalry, who unwittedly were working with for true who yeah. they just played right into her hands. If only they knew they were working for a, for an Asian. Ah, yeah. <laughs> um, That's a kick in the balls. <laughs> just when, uh, when uh, Dr. Manhattan's talking to Angela and he's explaining, what is he like? Don't look, don't go in the light or don't touch the light, things like that. And then he gets his powers sucked out for a moment and it's just him as a human again. And he just goes, I love you, Angela. And it just, there's the explosion. I was like, don't cry. You got to keep it together. It's going to be all right. Everything's fine. But I don't know, like, because you guys have also described some of my favorite scenes and there's, there's yeah. literally too many to pick from. Yeah. Oh, fuck. I, I do. I do love that last episode so much, but I, I, I will say, and I, this is not that I, I disagree with it or anything like I just I just don't I, I like Dr. Manhattan so much that I don't like that they I guess killed him it was hard we to really see him don't go. we really yeah. don't know for sure we won't know if un, unless they do a second season you know and that we get some sort of confirmation or maybe we'll just never know because I mean he's technically died like three times so um I mean who he, knows or he's just been reborn in Angela yeah. well he's maybe even said that in the comic when when 
Ozymandias led him into the God, I can never remember what it's called. Intrinsic the, the field. field yes. When he yes. led him into that and he was like, Oh well I I vaporized Doctor Manhattan again. That's when he comes yeah, he's back like, as I, the giant is like, I, I'm disappointed in you, Adrian. I put myself together once before, you know, yeah. I can just keep doing it. So I mean I, 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 I've seen no evidence from what happened in that last episode to say for certain, oh yeah, he's definitely dead. Um, yeah. I don't know, but yeah, for, for, theoretically, he could put all of his powers into this egg. Yeah. <laughs> well, he could trans. He said he could transfer his powers, not necessarily put all of his powers. So, like, it's possible that he gave his powers to Angela through the egg, and that he could still technically exist. But I don't know. Or, or <laughs> it was just a coincidence, and that's why I don't want a season two. Yeah. <laughs> because the worst thing, the worst case scenario, right? Worst case scenario is they do Watchmen season two and episode one starts with Angela either walking on the pool because he told her earlier she had to see him do it. Right. Yeah. And that's why she went out there to test it. Worst case scenario is she either walks on the pool and that's scene number one or she falls into the fucking pool. And then you're just like, well, there goes all the mystery. Like, I don't want that fucking answered. I love the idea that it's open-ended. I believe that she was able to walk on the pool, but I just think that that's with all of the things that they set up. Why wouldn't that have happened? It's interesting yeah. to me that you see that as the worst the worst case scenario. because I just don't want the scene of her falling into the fucking water, and then we go, oh boy, Dr. Manhattan didn't do what he said he was going to do. Like, I don't want that. I'm kind of in the same boat as Rob as far as the the mystery. Like, because as soon as I saw the music start to, like, well up yep. in that scene and she, like, started to take, like, her time going forward, uh, I I was like, they're cutting to black, aren't they? They're, they're going to leave this open-ended. <laughs> and that's exactly what they did. And I had a huge grin on my face because yep. I was like, I loved it. I loved that they left it open-ended and open for interpretation, and you get what you put into that show and how much you invest in the theories and stuff, and that's what you get out of it. So to me, it's it's really obvious that he did transfer his powers into the egg and that. Yeah. Like, so I don't think, honestly, I don't think there is a mystery. I think it was a really cool way to, to, to finish the season and possibly the show on that note. But I don't think there is a mystery. I think he absolutely did transfer. He knew he was going to die, uh, so he at least, at least as far as we know, you know, he knew he was going to die. So he wanted to transfer his powers to someone else, so that maybe like that he thought she was worthy or whatever. I don't know, but um, I, I think I think it's super obvious that she does. So it's not going to be to me um, uh, uh, like a. <sighs> A letdown. It's going to be a payoff that they just show her standing there on the water, because I I, I don't see how they I don't see how they don't do that because of it, it would be the worst red herring <laughs> of all time. Yeah. Doing all those because they did the same thing again. They they showed they they had yep. him say you know uh, with the watch egg. out for the yeah. egg and you know and, yep. and it's the important egg you see at, me at on the water. water. Yeah. So they they did all that and it would have been for nothing. That seems like a really lame red herring. But a character, so a character that we didn't really talk about was uh, Lori. Yeah, uh, Silk. Spectre right, that's too. her name. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Monsieur Spetchik. I she made me laugh hard, uh, and there were point. There were definitely points where I was like, I don't like this person. <laughs> Same. But I was laughing at the things she was saying because she was such a bitch. Dude, she's so jaded. Yeah. She's yeah. so fucking. Yeah, jaded. I loved that. I really liked Lori yeah. in this show, um, but I fucking hated her. Like, right. Like, at like first, said, I really didn't bitch, like her. But, like, the way that she was talking to Dr. Manhattan on that voicemail was so cool. Yeah. Because they had such history together. And she's like, I don't even know if you're yeah. going to get this. I don't even know if you're alive. I don't know if you're listening. You know, like, just the, she was at her wit's end. With everything. I love that when they introduce her, it's in a scene that is almost shot exactly like the bank heist with the Joker in The Dark Knight. Like, mm-hmm. it was so- shot like... I, I, and then and then the vigilante that they stopped was a knockoff of Batman. Like, I just... Yeah. Yep. I, I loved that. That was fucking great. 
We were, I mean, we were so confused <laughs> in that scene when they everybody just turns and looks at the vigilante and they fucking like take him down. And Amanda was like, "What the <laughs> fuck?" <laughs> it was great. It was so good. Uh, any final thoughts on Watchmen? Yeah, look, I, I, again, I'll say it's just um, one of the best seasons of television I've ever seen. Uh, ridiculously engrossing and gripping. Um, and if you haven't watched it, I'm sorry you just got spoiled on all that. But th- now yeah. go watch it. Um, Jordan had mentioned Westworld earlier. And I think I had said, I don't know if I said it to you guys or if it was just to Jordan himself, but I don't know that there was, I don't know that I felt a way about a season of TV the way I do about Watchmen since season one of Westworld. Fair. Yeah. Like it, it really got me in that same vein. Yeah. And, um, I thought it was fucking awesome. I didn't have anything to critique about it, and I don't know that I've ever sat here and been not been like, I didn't like that, ever. So, <laughs> I always find something to hate. Right. Um, <laughs> but I didn't I didn't have anything for this. I just enjoyed the entirety of the show. So, um, definitely one of my favorite series that I've ever viewed, um, ever. And that's in one season. So, nine episodes, not even a full, quote-unquote, quote full season. So, yeah, I love Damon Lindelof. I love what he does with his television shows and just his concepts alone. I thought that this was such a good follow up, drastically different, but very much in the same vein as as the original source material. Yeah. Like it was a way more personal story. And I loved that. Um, I, I hope season two if it does come to fruition hope it doesn't tarnish what we got in season one by retreading anything fantastic acting music was great there was i was just reading a a whole thing where it was like the way the music played into the story too like in a a god walks into a bar they used a number of themes around the color blue such as rhapsody in blue the blue danaboo The final episode, See How They Fly, incorporates many of the unusual phrases from the Beatles' I Am the Walrus into its visual elements. Oh, wow. I didn't even... Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's definitely, fuck? like, you're going to have to go through a second watch and catch all the stuff missed for the first time. Uh, you know, and, I, and that, this is a show that I, I'm gladly going to watch multiple times, um, even if it is just this, this single season. Uh, I can't wait to go a third time through this, you know? So, yeah. so uh, for Pop Cannon... Thank you for listening. My name is Jordan. I am Robert. I'm Andrew. And I am Brian. Tick tock. Tick tock. Tick tock. Happy New Year! You just heard our discussion about HBO's Watchmen. How was that for you? Did you enjoy the show? Did it take too many liberties with the source material? Who was your favorite character of the whole series? Who was your least favorite? When you think back on it, what scenes stick out to you? How about the story overall? You heard what we thought, so now we want to hear from you. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at PopCanon. Make sure you're following us across all the socials and definitely get involved in our posts and communicate with us. We love talking with our listeners. We just wrapped up our greatest superhero tournament where it was voted on by you guys and it was determined that Batman is the greatest superhero of all time. Hardly a surprise there, but we had a ton of fun with that. Maybe you'll see something similar in the future from us. Couldn't hurt to follow now so you don't miss it. Just saying. Also, be sure to subscribe to the show on your preferred podcast platform. And while you're there, throw a five-star review our way. We would be eternally grateful. And speaking of grateful, we would be even more so if you took the time to follow us individually as well. 
I, Robert, can be found on Twitter and Instagram at Yesball. Jordan is on Twitter and Instagram at JL24FPS. Andrew is on Twitter at Flavored underscore Red and Instagram at Android Skeleton. And I recently followed Brian while he was out running some errands. He parked his car and went into one of those Dr. Manhattan phone booths. I turned around for one second and his car completely vanished. I thought Brian had too, but he soon exited the phone booth and was genuinely concerned about his car. I didn't want to let him know I was following him, but I felt bad. He was panicking. He went back into the Dr. Manhattan booth and I, I heard him expressing that he needed the car back. Did he think Dr. Manhattan took his car? That doesn't make sense. But Brian was pleading for a stick shift silver Chevy Cruze with less than 100,000 miles on it that handled well. That's exactly the car that had vanished, by the way. He makes a wish to Dr. Manhattan and asks for the same exact car? Used? Finally, he hung up and he left the booth again. And with no warning whatsoever, no noise, anything, a silver Chevy Cruze slammed into the pavement from the sky. What the fuck is happening? He started laughing, but he quickly went into hysterics. An ambulance came and took him away, and we really haven't seen him since. Did Dr. Manhattan hear his call and drop one of those cars out of spite? Or did Dr. Manhattan borrow his car for a minute? The Watchmen universe is weird. Anyway, that's our show. Stay tuned for a review of Netflix's The Witcher starring Henry Cavill and more.